Hey guys, welcome back to Old Takuno Radio. I'm Jared. I am joined joined by my uh, drunken boon companion, the irrepressible uh, drunken. Shut Obaku. up, you! Oh. See, like you I don't said. know me. <laughs> and uh, we are bringing you a what? I guess we're gonna start calling our one of our B sides. Um, this is an extra bit that. We fully intended to be part of the normal uh, episode uh, that's coming out. Yeah, get it. (laughs) Um, And uh, what what we're talking about in this episode is just sort of a look back on fall 2016, uh, and a little bit of talk about our anime picks of the year, uh, and also looking forward into winter 2017 what we're uh, looking forward to, and what we're maybe not looking forward to. Uh, So we had a lot of fun with it. We just kind of rambled and had a good time. We hope you love it. And um, now on with the show. So, Inc., uh, with fall uh, 2016, um, what did you stay with week to week? And what did you drop and come back to? And then what did you drop? And can I ask you any more questions that, to answer all at one time? What did you drop, come back to, hear about via Anna Twitter to convince you otherwise, drop again, then come back to it after realizing Anna Twitter's a big pool of... <laughs> P.S. We love you, Anna Twitter. Speak for yourself. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, uh, fan base. <laughs> well, to start with... Oh God! <laughs> For that That's reason, afraid exactly. you go there. It was the best. It, it was the light of my life this season. I mean, 2016 being such a shithole, I needed Keijo. It, it surprised what what it did. And I know I don't have to over-explain it because I've done it so many times before. But <laughs> basically, as if you could over-explain Keijo. Oh, just give me the chance. The <laughs> I've got an article in Otaku USA coming up. Um, oh dear God! What it does best is it came out with a very stupid concept, just so ridiculous you didn't think it could work, and then it made it work. And then every subsequent episode, it compounded the ridiculousness to such a degree that you didn't think anime could possibly do it anymore, but it did it. And that made me watch week to week every single episode. That has maintained such a, a wonderful execution throughout uh, the season and made me sit in my seat and just really anticipate every Wednesday or Thursday, I forget which it is now. It's all finished. I'm kind of sad, but it did allude to a season two. There were there were more people in the classroom of the Keijo Educational Center. <laughs> Even that just makes me laugh. Um, but... Uh, there, there were more people, so you're like, oh, good, more new, weird, stupid moves to watch week to week sometime in the future, and I'm totally okay with that. The um, Honestly, the only other two standouts in, in my head for this season are, are uh, To Be Hero, uh, which never stopped being phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal, visually, story-wise, uh, in, in the latter moments, it actually got touching, which, when you consider the potty humor of it all, literal potty humor, that that was quite an accomplishment. 
Although I'm an easy, I'm an easy uh, target for heartstring pulling. So, you know. Anyway. Oh, I thought you were going to say body humor. Well, that too. <laughs> uh, is that of the last witch? I actually really enjoyed with dips and bows, um, but the last couple episodes like had me choking up like crazy. But it managed to out flip flap flip flappers, and I, I really think that's owed to the fact that it's. Uh, primarily set in this very realistic world, but it introduces this magic. So when you have this scene where a woman is like uh, basically twirling uh, two halves of a train around her, and then you know throwing streetcars at her opponent or uh, the the cars of the train at their opponent, uh, it it it's such an oddity visually and conceptually that. Anything Flip Flappers did was just paling in comparison. And I just watched the end of Flip Flappers today, and it was kind of what I wanted all along, but it made me realize just how needless the story was. I was like, just give me adventures in all these worlds you could have been making until now. And you know, that, that ended up being my dis- biggest disappointment of the season and possibly the year. Now, if I may interject very quickly on flip flappers, from what I understand from my friends at and fellow colleagues at uh, WaveMotionCannonBlog.com, there's there's your plug, guys. Um, the uh, writer or like the head writer for flip flappers, I think I have this right, left the show about I think episode six or so, um, and. That may explain why it started out, for many people, so very promising, and then sort of got away from itself um, in the later uh, episodes. I did not watch it past uh, – well, I, I, I looked at it for three episode tests, I think. Uh, I didn't watch it past the third episode, uh, but I was intrigued to hear that, and it, I thought it was very unusual, but um, – you know, when I hear other people like you talk about, you know, the missed opportunities with that show and just what I was seeing in those first three episodes, the fact that it's not better really is disappointing. And I, I think it's probably it's without a doubt my most biggest disappointment for uh, this season uh, and arguably, yeah, maybe for the year, because I can't think of another show this year that I saw with so much promise from ter- in terms of being e- evocative and you know the 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 premise was interesting and you know it had it had kind of a, a skeevy kind of gaze thing going on which is the main reason I stopped watching it for a, a little while anyway. There are um, less clothes on one of the uh, main characters in the final episode than there ever has been. Oh God. Yes. So I wonder if like the skeeve lords won and drove somebody off that was trying to do a good job, but. But anyway, you know, just to, to hear, you know, so many people talk about how disappointed they are to see that show. It's 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 always tough to see a show that that tries to do something really different and special and and just falls horribly short. It, to me, that's harder to watch and to and to see happen than it is to something that just never really catches fire, or takes off, and just kind of you know, is bad for 12 episodes and, and goes away and no one remembers it ever again. Speaking of catching fire and never taking off, Scorching Ping Pong Girls 
which you can listen to uh, me rant about on uh, Corey's podcast, uh, Taiku, uh, Taiku podcast. That was also horrible. Predictably so, but uh, much less so than I originally thought, because the first three episodes were kind of brilliant in the initial setup and the building, and then it just went a horrible route, a horribly predictable route, I should say, and it just did not live up to what it could have, and that's the worst thing about any artistic project, really. Uh, is to show you that they could do something and then just don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Through lack of just not caring rather than just not having the ability to execute. That is that is terrible. And the only other one uh, really from the season that I, I stuck with and loved all the way through was uh, Yuri on Ice. And I think I stand with most of Anna Twitter on that one for various reasons. But um, yeah, that, that was just a pretty perfect show. And... I will rewatch that opening forever. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the the perfect insider. I would rewatch that opening forever, and really not have to watch any of the show, but I will rewatch that opening forever. Well, speaking of outstanding openings, one of the shows that I watched pretty well religiously ever since it came on and every week uh, that had. The best, I, I will argue, the best. Yes, I know a lot of people love Yuri on Ice's opening, but damn it. This is the best opening of the year. And it to be is, here? No, it is the second core of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. Oh, that was a, they had some very good OPs with that one. That is, that is so damn good. You can watch that and only that, and you basically get the whole show right there. It's... Oh, it's so good. The song is good. The, the animation has this timeless kind of direction to it. It, it. it it kind of reminds me of like an old 80s anime kind of intro in some ways. You know, I, it, it just is amazing. Um, I watched JoJo's every week. Um, and if, if you have read uh, my, my, my top three uh, on Anygamers... I, you you will know that I feel kind of like JoJo's is being taken for granted a bit uh, by the anime community. Like we've gotten accustomed to to having a JoJo's around. And and how horrible the, is that? It's only been available for like a few years. I know it's it's ridiculous. And this this is this is a legendary a property that we've wanted for decades, and we only had that one OAV. Uh, little mini series that covered part of Stardust Crusaders in like the early 90s, and that's all we had forever. And then we finally get you know all of it, and it's done well. Um, and part four, I I would argue part four, David Production did better with part four than they had ever done with any of the prior uh, series, including Stardust Crusaders. I think part four stands head and shoulders above all the rest of them so far as the the very height of their work because they 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 took Araki's incredibly imaginative story for part four and gave it just this whole new level of life by being able to animate it in a way that stayed true to the energy and the 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 crazy wackiness the crazy noisy bizarre nature of it um and, and it was just such a great, great, great adaptation. 
so much so that I, I thought it was I thought it was one of the best things I'd seen all year. So that I stuck with like a soldier all the way to the end, which I'm so sad that we don't have any more JoJo's for a while. Hopefully we get uh, part five. In terms of other things, I watched week to week pretty pretty well religiously. I watched uh, March comes in like a lion uh, because I'm reviewing that weekly for uh, Wave Motion Cannon. So go check that out. And I'm still doing it at the time of this recording because it's still going on. Um, I have kind of a love-hate relationship with with that show. It, it does its job too well in, in some ways because the main character, Ray, has this deep and crippling depression uh, for very good reasons due to some trauma in his life. And the, the staff and the director does a very good job of making you feel that emotion as as much as you possibly can. And if you've experienced depression, it's going to be a little too real for you because the imagery and the way he reacts to things is very you, you'll recognize yourself in it. The the thing that kind of redeems it in a lot of ways is the other characters in the show kind of bring all the light and joy into uh the main character's life and therefore keep you from just wanting to just slash your wrists and never watch the show again. Um, so, so that's, that's been a good show and I'm hoping <laughs> that it's a good show and a better show in, uh, the coming, uh, current, oh, I guess current by the time this recording winter season. Um, other than that, Yuri on ice is the only other thing that I would religiously watch, uh, week to week for all of the reasons Inc said, and um, I'm not going to, to retread much of what what you've said, Inc., but I will say that I feel like this is a very important show. It's it's a show that I think... It's a show uh, that dares. Yes, exactly. It's, it's a show where you have two men in love openly, and it's not made out to be a joke. It's not something that's made out to be aberrant behavior. It's it's just perfectly natural and beautiful, and that's the way it should be. And for all of my friends who are gay, you know, I'm so happy that they have a show that they deserve, that they've deserved for so long. And to me, it's just, it's a super important show, and I'm glad that it's the hit that it is. It's, it, you know, besides the that whole aspect of it you know it's just well executed and it's it's a, a a fascinating show it was it was my anime of the year for um for the past year and um i i loved it very much um in terms of other stuff um i i i, I watched an episode of kjo i dropped it um Boo. yeah i know i know i know i've gotten i've gotten a, i've seen a lot of people like it that i wouldn't have expected to like it but they've given me some interesting reasons i, not, I just it, not it didn't click everything is going to appeal to everybody and you know everyone <laughs> yeah. you know has the right to not like things that's true um i'm trying to think what else um in terms shorts. of other oh, shorts yeah there are shorts i mean i've caught up on some other stuff but it's largely stuff you've already talked about. Is Zeta, and, and I, I don't want to retread anything. Well, but it's for sure Zeta because like people have had uh, vastly uh, divergent feelings about that. Like, you know, a lot of people I thought, thought it, it crashed and burned. I thought it finished rather strong. Like a lot of ups and downs, but yeah, I I thought it was a. I mean, I, I so I just watched the last episode of that today, 
and I just really started watching it about two or three days ago. So this is kind of the part of the the, the season where, at the time of work that we're recording right now, this is the part of the season where, in the year, where I'm just like gorging myself on things I haven't gotten to yet that I wanted to watch. And Zeta was one of them. I thought it was a fine show. I, I thought it was well done. Um, like you recommended to me, uh, maybe in our last episode on Voltron, you know, the, the, the intricate kind of nature of the mechanical design, mm. phenomenal, probably best, probably best mechanical design we've seen all year, like, like easily. Wait, you know, wait, does the, that, uh, does that include Voltron's linking mechanical parts in the, the transformation sequence? Um, I, I I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say, yeah. <laughs> I'd agree with you. Um, although I do love that sequence because they do they do some very old school eighties looking anime effects with that. I, I do love that. But but is that is mechanical design? I mean, it's it's brilliant. Like you could see every one of those things being something, and they're all they're all pretty heavily modeled off of existing, you know, period uh, uh, war machines. But you could see a lot of that stuff existing in in the world or you know going to a muse- a flight museum and seeing the planes from Elstadt you know Largely right next because to us. you can go to a museum and see those yeah. yeah they are they are pretty much world war 2 era planes with like some tweaks here and there um but I, I mean i thought it was a great show um i enjoyed the ending i thought it ended well um you know, it it wasn't afraid to make some bold moves with what it did with some of the characters. Um, so I I don't know I I enjoyed it. I th- I thought it was good. But you were talking about shorts, and let's kick it back to you for a minute. What what shorts were you were you into? Because I think we're probably going to have the exact same list of shorts. So yeah, I'd rather I'd, I'd rather you talk about them than me. Well, feel free to kick in any time. There was To Be Hero, of course. Uh, I don't know. Were you watching that? I know you had yes. been watching that. Yes. Actually, I take it back. That I did watch every week, too, because, oh, my God, it's so good. Oh, it, it It very narrowly missed out on being in my top three. If if I did a top, like, five or ten from the year, it would absolutely be in there. Seriously. And the, the only thing that – because, honestly, in my top three – you know, I, I did Mob Psycho 100, and Mob Psycho 100 and uh, To Be Hero have a very similar anim- animation style. And I was really debating which of the two were the better, because mm-hmm. I, I, I love the story, I love the animation, I love uh, the, the humor of the, uh, To Be Hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, it was it was Mob Psycho 100 because it just twisted its own story so many times, and it had a little longer each episode to do so. Mm-hmm. So you know that's understandable. It was just so close to a short being nominated for or by me for Anime of the Year, and I was really wanting to do that just for that sake, but I couldn't. Yeah, I still haven't seen uh, all of Mob Psycho 100. I will probably definitely see that before the end of the year. But oh my god, to be here is so good. It's so good. It's probably probably the best short I've seen since I can remember. And and the way that it was animated is just amazing. You know, uh, Wave Motion Cannon again has a couple of interviews I think with one of the uh, the creative team or staff for for To Be Hero, and it's fascinating. Like there was apparently they've got one guy who's basically a one man studio. 
for some of the episodes, he just draws it. Like, all of it. <laughs> I uh, mean, it's... He, he's it, responsible for the the opening all by himself. I think it's Lan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, he does uh, the whole opening, yeah. Yeah, one person did that, and I think it took him three weeks or three months. It was three-something, maybe three yeah. days. I don't know. Go to go to Wave Motion Cannon right now and read the interview. It's it's wonderful just because of his enthusiasm and uh, what he loves about animation. It really comes through. Yeah, um, that guy's going to be somebody to watch. Totally. Like, for sure. But, yeah, it, it's he did the entire opening, and how much he's responsible throughout the show, I'm not sure. But... That entire show never lets up with how beautiful uh, a, a sort of restricted amount of art and animation can be. Oh, definitely. They can do so much with so little, and they're so economical. And and I've seen you know fully produced like full anime that that don't have the kind of you know dynamic action that that show has. It's it's just amazing. Uh, aside from that, I've been watching. Aoni, the blue monster. That's just been a lot of fun week to week. It's never let up. Every character dies every single episode in a different way. There's been one bum episode that didn't make me laugh at all. Aside from that, it's been a pretty pretty spectacular, stupid little series. Uh, Crane Game Girls Galaxy, which is the sequel of the original, is just horrid and no one should ever watch it. There's no reason to. It, you know, the, the first one made its point. And the second one just feeds on it, probably because idol culture demanded it in some mass sacrifice of souls or something. Um, <laughs> but no, don't, don't, just don't. I dropped it immediately. It was on my three-episode test is don't. So, yeah, just don't. I never heard anything good from anybody else on Twitter about it either. Even, even Tony, uh, who loved the original as well. There was silence on him. Uh, there was... Oh god, the the watercolor Sengoku Choju Giga. Oh. Sengoku Choju Giga. Giga. Sengoku Choju Giga. Sure, that one. Uh, <laughs> that remains fantastic. You don't need it to know is the history. So good. It's warping historical figures to a slapstick base, and it just works every single time. Even if you don't know the nature of the historical figures themselves, because they're easily set up as, say king warrior and surf or something like that and how those interplay are just totally universally uh, universally uh humorous so that was fun and well you you've watched did you love that as well oh yeah though that one's so good i i want to i need to go do some research on it but it, every time i look at the ending credits they they draw the the actors in a way that sort of evokes the character they're playing. Like they'll like if, if one of them's playing like a crane, the guy will have like a really long face or something. Hmm. Um, I want to go back and see why they're doing that. Cause my hunch is that those are uh, like actual comedians doing the voices, um, which would make sense because you would have to have a really good sense of like comedic timing to pull off that kind of show. Oh, so it I want I want to go back and I want to go back and watch it or research that and figure it out because it's it's a hilarious show it's and it's like not even three minutes I think um, if you if you cut out the um, if you cut out the, uh, ending. the the closing credits yeah <laughs> but don't cut out the ending because that's great <laughs> the closing credits by the way if you loved uh, the opening to Hozuki's uh, or Hozuki no Ryutetsu. I refuse to call it Hozuki's cool-headedness. 
That's it's sort of <laughs> the same vibrant, enthusiastic, choral yelling. And yeah, it's totally worth it. Just you know, it's a minute and a half. Just sit there and watch it. And then there was a, uh, it's called Ninja Girl and Samurai Master. Yes. And, and I really prefer uh, Nobunaga no. Uh, Shinobi. Thank you. It is probably my favorite short of the season, not just because it's all entirely chibi, which I have admittedly a fetish for, um, at least in terms of comedy. There's uh, a moment in the opening for that short where the shinobi is lunging off the top of a, a cliff and she just cocks her head ever so slightly. And that gets me every single time in the opening. I'm just like, that's just a really cool human move, just sort of to readjust your head to force this slight adjustment of uh, perception. And mm. I love that every time. And the, the show is funny and cute and endearing, and it just makes you want to learn that history through chibis. It, it is a very great, great short. And um, it has a really catchy opening, and it has really good music in it. Just the like the background music is like really good, and you hear most of it in the very first episode, uh, but um, it it has just like a really good score. I'm like, wow, did they write that for this? Because that's really good. Because that's one of my favorite parts about it, aside from all of the things you just said. When I interviewed the director, and I I got a chance to do a face to face with the director and one of the voice actresses on this. They were both so enthusiastically. It's the same director as Now and Then, Here and There. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And you would never guess it, but this dude like really puts humor at the core of the human condition. And it, sh- it so shines through in this, this short. And he also uh, oversaw the, the Poyo Poyo short. So it's all this just this human relation to humor and despite circumstance... It's wonderful. It's it's heartwarming. It's laughable. It's informative, and you know it's it's three minutes long. It's and it's still going. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's got it's, one it, more one more season probably. Yeah, yeah, I think it's still going as of uh, the time this drops because they've uh, they've got an episode thirteen, and so I was like, hey, that's awesome. And I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's ending in the fall. So that's that's great. One short that you haven't mentioned yet, and and I I think I'd be I'd be good wrap closing the book on fall with this is um, the glass mask uh, year three class D. I don't know if you saw that, no. But if you haven't, I would strongly urge you to go and watch it. It's on Crunchyroll, and basically it's the cast of Glass Mask from like the manga circa the 70s or so and the character designs are all kind of evocative of that um in the modern day trying to make everyone passionate so the title to everything is like the very first one is let's make the the message sending timing passionate and like every it's 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 like condensed glass mask experience like in in this little three minute burst and I like it so much that I wish they'd just go ahead and, and take those basic character designs and then just do a, a new gla- – another new glass mask anime because <laughs> it's just – it's too great. Like I, I had never seen 
Glass Mask. I had never read Glass Mask. I had known about it. I'd heard of it. It's on the periphery of my understanding. Our, our friend Jam loves it. Uh, he's like my resident expert. And so after I saw all of um, this series that um, – well, actually, the, the last one ended like just today. But after I saw like the first 12, I went to him and I went, okay. I have to know how to get into Glass Mask now. So I'm now like consuming Glass Mask just because of that short being so good and so funny. It's so hilarious. Um, and Glass Mask is not – it's it, it's unintentionally funny because it's so melodramatic, but they play off of that in this short. So absolutely recommend that. And here I thought you were going to bring up Miss Bernard Says – Oh, God, how could we forget Miss Bernard said? Probably because we talked about it at length before this (laughs) podcast. Yeah, I think so. Miss Bernard said wins the Anime of the Year Award for having to pause it the most times so you can read all of the subtitles that come on the screen when they're describing an author and and their work. I must say, after having uh, uh, viewed Tatami Galaxy for my Secret Santa... Reading the subtitles to Miss Bernard said became remarkably easier. Oh yeah, it's great training for that. Oh, glad you survived the gauntlet that is to the Tommy Galaxy. By the way, it was fantastic. It became my number one Yuasa. Oh, it's yeah, it's really good. It's well, number one. I'd have to think about that a little bit more. But I would, but to really evaluate that, I'd need to go and like watch, say like ping pong and that maybe a couple episodes of each back to back and really decide. But. But anyway, um, yeah, Miss Bernard said is so great, um, and it's it it's as it's, as Evan and David were bantering about in the other Anti Gamers podcast. Uh, it was it's the TQ of literary anime, and you know what? Because of that comment right there, I started watching TQ finally. Oh, excellent! Which is also great. still ongoing. Yes. I, I only say I have not watched it because I, I think I stopped around season four, and the only way I watch TQ is to get really, really drunk to the point where I'm having trouble keeping up with all the all, all the subtitles and all the all the constant influx of in jokes and otaku gag humor uh, just make me cr- you know cripple me on the floor with laughter. Because that's the best way to watch TQ, is just wait until an entire season's over, get bombed, and then... Keep in mind, you should not imbibe if you are under the age of 21. But, you know, if you are of drinking age, I highly recommend just letting your mind melt into a glass or several, and then queuing up a season, because it takes, like, you know, 15 minutes to watch an entire season. And, And that's basically... Like their description of what Miss Bernard said is 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 exactly perfect. Um, like there's, <laughs> let me pull out my old man rocking chair and explain to the youngins about this old term from the '90s we used to use called poser. <laughs> <laughs> and Miss Bernard uh, is basically a literary poser. She buys all these books and doesn't re- and, and does not read them. Uh, and and then makes these vague platitudes about them to give the illusion that she's read them. And what makes her particularly funny is she's completely open about this with her friends and is, in fact, proud of it. Um, her goal is is to sound intelligent by doing but, – but do the least amount of work possible. 
And in uh, fact, so, she does astonish her friends, but only astonishes them in the fact that she does this procedure of hers to such an intense degree that that act of doing that just wows them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an amazing little short. Highly recommended. So you want to talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to in the winter? I do. Um, I was looking over some of the uh, the anime. Um, Ink, let's let's kick it to you first. What what anime from uh, the well? I guess by the time this drops, the currently airing season, are you looking the most forward to? I was looking the most forward to, and am currently watching most probably, uh, Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinjo uh, two. Uh, because yeah. <laughs> Which, which, by the way, we're going to commemorate that as the Elliot Page arc, since our dear friend Elliot, uh, his main criticism of the first season was that he was kind of tired of all that flashback nonsense and wanted to get back to like the 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 characters from the first episode, aka and, not really caring about really round, fully developed characters. Yeah, yeah, that's all right, Elliot. This one's for you, buddy. This one's for you. There's just so much to look forward to for that one because you've already set the stage, so to speak. You have everything needed to explore now. The daughter's perspective, the uh, the ex-convict's uh, progression, and the handoff between classic master and new master. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's an amazing set of conflicts because especially when, like... I think as we discussed at the end, towards the end of our really, really long episode, that we really want to see the woman become the Rakugo master, because that's yes, really the only other hurdle to overcome in this series. Well, and, and also, there there are a couple of things that really stick out to me as things I'm looking forward to. Um, one of them is, now that Kikuhiko is... In, well, I guess now he's Yakumo the Eighth, but now that Yakumo the Eighth is in the winter of his life, um, and he's seeing Skeroku like <laughs> in these semi, <laughs> in these semi hallucinatory kind of ways, in in you know, you know he's not long for the world. He's thinking about his legacy and how he can pass it on. That the end of his life is something I'm super looking forward to and i halfway expect him to be haunted by a certain woman uh at some point during the season gee who um, do you mean jared oh I, I i i will leave it to our viewers or listeners and and you can go back and listen to all two hours and change of the first episode <laughs> we ever did on that um the other thing i'm looking forward to is uh maybe hopefully finding out who's the baby daddy though mm. no, i think it's a fair guess yeah, I think it's a pretty strong get. I've, I've got a I've got a pretty strong theory on that too, um, which it's it's perfect because this as sadistic as the writers of this uh, of this piece is it's or the writer of this piece is it's 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 exactly what they do I think maybe we'll see I'm super looking forward to that I, that is like head and shoulders above everything else the the thing I'm looking forward to the most you know, there's I, something else though I, I I don't know if that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Because I know that's going to be good. Like as well, long uh, as don't as, jinx it. Do uh, not jinx it. I can't. Do not jinx it. Wait, am I jinxing it? If if this is published afterwards, after it starts, 
but we don't know how good or bad it is. No, because it hasn't actually started. This is a very, very fun conundrum we have mm. here. It's true. Mm. It's true. Uh, but anyway, the the thing I am looking forward to most, because Showa being an almost sure thing, is Yamishibai, the fourth season, because the first and second seasons were kind of love-hated by the community that actually watched that show. And it was a small and lovely community. You know, the first season was a lot of boo scare. The second season was a lot of internal trauma. Mm -hmm. And that threw a lot of people off. The third season was Monsters, which threw even more people off. But Jared and I both loved. And it had a frame story. And it had a frame story. The key art for the fourth season is just this huge storyteller's mask above this mass of people, you know, being backlit by a sunset. And it's awesome. And I can't wait to see whether it's more monsters, uh, wh you know, what, what they do, if, if they twist the monster theme, if it's something else entirely. I don't know. It could be anything. And that is why I'm so excited for it. The only thing we know for sure about this upcoming season of Yamishibai is that the narrators are going to change throughout the series. And that is very different. And that could be a very interesting way to sort of extend all the tropes they've built and, and the, the expectations they've built in the first three seasons. Uh, and I'm really... Really, really, really looking forward to that one, too. Which, that's our second episode of Old Taku No Radio covers Yamishibai, if uh, you'd like to go back and listen to that one as well. The switching of narrators is actually also important, because at the end, spoilers, the importance of switching narrators is the fact that the narrator in the third season, uh, third season is unmasked to be the little boy, and that carries great significance going forward, because now it can be anybody... And I'm really looking forward to that. Like, what, what? How will they leverage that? It's it's open. It's 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 awesome. So yeah, definitely, um, definitely check those out. Both the podcasts and the uh, these uh, two wonderful anime, because um, I, I think we both have very high expectations for both uh, Showa Rakugo and Yami Shibai. Beyond that, Ink, is there anything that you've seen that has just kind of jumped out at you? I really can't say. The, I mean, the obvious thing would be to say Chaos Child will suck because it's a uh, five-point bulletin, uh, five semicolon PB, uh, <laughs> producing uh, another or, or a sequel to, what was it, Chaos Head? Yeah. Or a prequel, maybe, to Chaos Head. W whatever Chaos thing sucked and wasn't yeah. Steins Gate. Probably not going to give it a chance unless I hear really good things. Uh, I know you're looking forward to something based on a previous viewing experience. Yes. So I, for uh, the Reverse Thieves, wonderful people, love you guys. Thank you for doing Secret Santa every year. Their Secret Santa process ended up throwing me uh, Blue Exorcist and the Boy and the Beast, which I reviewed on the Anygamers website back in December. Uh, the Blue Exorcist Kyoto Saga uh, is coming out. Uh, Blue Exorcist coming back on the air after quite a while. Uh, I think it came out in 2011, if I remember correctly. Um, this is uh, covering a 
very specific uh, part of the um, the very long running and ongoing manga. Uh, and looking forward to that after uh, experiencing uh, what I experienced. Uh, you know, so really cool. Interested to see more. Interested to see some more character growth there. Um, other than that, some things that could be interesting um, and that I'm hopeful about. Little Witch Academia, the TV series, the new uh, Studio Trigger project. Uh, I, I guess we at Any Gamers are, um, you know, our brand is we love Trigger. <laughs> I think we pretty much all love Twitter, Trigger uh, on, on the Any Gamers blog. Um, I certainly, uh, I certainly hold them close to my heart, and I, I loved the two short uh, Little Witch Academia uh, Kickstarter projects. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the TV. Other than that, um, things that that could be interesting. Uh, Scum's I vote, wish. I vote for handshakers. Handshakers. Vote, I want entirely to be a, a short, three minutes tops with full minute twenty uh, opening and closing, and I want the remaining time to be spent on two random people coming together to shake hands, look at the camera, and then it goes to the closing. I would watch that show if that was the show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the description for Handshakers, if that's okay. Sure. In Osaka, in the year AD 20XX, Handshakers are partners who can summon Nibirods, weapons born of the deep psyche by joining hands. In order to grant the pair's wish, the handshakers compete and fight with other handshaker pairs. The top pair will then meet and challenge God. <laughs> that sounds like a pile of garbage. It but, sounds like anime. Yeah, that is some that's some anime shit right there. There was another one that um, I was very excited about reading. Um, yeah. This is Demichan wa Kataritai? Yeah. Demichan wa Kataritai. Monsters of legend walk among us, going by the name Demi-Humans. Ever since he's discovered the Demis, one young man has become obsessed with them. So when he gets a job as a teacher for at a high school for Demi-Girls, it's a dream come true. Oh. But these Demis, who include a rambunctious vampire, a bashful headless girl, and a succubus, all have the problems normal teenagers have on top of their supernatural conditions. How to handle a classroom full of them? Uh, and one more anime you don't have to watch, <laughs> anime gamers listeners. Yep. Cross that off the list, boys and girls. Cross it off the list. Um, but back to, back to things that might not be complete crap. Um, Fuka which is on Crunchyroll Manga by Koji Seo, who did the prequel Suzuka and also did A Town Where You Live, um, is the author of, of the manga Fuka. And so this is getting adapted. Um, it's sort of a music-based, rock band-based um, kind of slice-of-life romance with a crap ton of fan service if it follows the manga at all. Um, the fan service I could do without, but it would be really cool to have like a good rock and roll kind of romance drama thing if the music is not crap. So if the music in Fuka is good, it might be worth your time. Uh, Scum's Wish is also on Crunchyroll manga. Um, that is pretty decent. It's 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 um 
God, it's kind of hard to it, – it's basically people who just have sex with each other for no real reason, and they have sex with people to control and manipulate them. But then it's there's also some romance involved. It is going to be, according to Anime Planet, it's a Noitamina show, so that should be a sign that you know it, it's going to be a little different. Um, and I think it's going to be worth uh, checking out. I'm actually, I, I, I like the manga. I'm actually really curious to see how that translates to animation. And then one last thing I'll mention. Oh, I'll very quickly m- mention Yoimushi Pedal Season Three, which. It's Yoimushi Petal Season 3. That's all that needs to be said. Um, one other thing I saw that might be decent is Onihei, which uh, this yes, is yes. an anime about Heizo Hasegawa, who meets justice on wrongdoers and supervises the crackdown on arsonists and robbers in Japan's Edo period. So I think... The key art maybe, alone on this should actually yeah. just vest your interest. Yeah, especially if you're Ink or Jared, you're going to you're going to want to check that out because that that has everything <laughs> like it's period drama. So I'm I'm there. If it had airplanes, it'd be perfect. Um, and there's also a short about the Shinsen Gumi called uh, Chiruban Mibun no Ichi, um, and that is probably it. Looks the key art looks encouraging. So. Um, Maybe it will uh, it will fill uh, some of the space in our um, in our hearts after all the shorts that are in the fall have uh, gone away. So, Ink, how about you? Any other things you wanted to mention from that list, that illustrious list? And it's going to be such. And I say this at the beginning of every anime season, and I always end up regretting it. But it's, it seems like such a slim season. I, I will. I would really hope to be surprised by some things. Uh, but, I would love um, to be surprised by some things, but uh, the the only last thing I would I would say, uh, or rather read to you the description of via Anime Planet's uh, Winter 2017 Anime Seasons chart, is Yojo Senki, and that is, however ridiculously named, Tanya de Gurachov. Used to be one of Japan's elite office workers, but because of a wrathful god, was reborn as a little girl. She has Stop. blonde hair, blue <laughs> eyes, and a nearly transparent white skin, and she flies through the air and merc- mer- mercilessly <laughs> strikes down her opponents. She speaks with a young girl's lisp and commands the army. Tanya prioritizes optimization and career advancement above all, and she will become the most dangerous entity among the Imperial Army's sorcerers. <laughs> I tried to keep my composure through that. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I think I made it to about one of Japan's elite office workers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, and by the way, it's based on a light novel, boys and girls, as if you couldn't guess. And the key um, art is pretty reprehensible. It's pretty much a lowly holding a, uh, a World War II era shotgun or yep. uh, rifle. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there, this could be a fine slurry of animations with some incredibly bright, bright, bright shining stars among it. But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, by the time we're uh, posting this, we'll see, and it'll be good. This has been the pregame show to, uh, what are we again? Old Takunu Radio. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Senile old old otaku no radio. Get off our lawn. We will be back with uh, more of Ito, Guardian of the Spirit. We hope you tune in and listen to it because this has been way longer than we expected and we will <laughs> serve you proper <laughs> next time. So thank you very much and tune in later. Thanks, guys. Three, two, one, let's jam. <laughs> Alright, you ready? That sake bottle's half full, man. Oh, hell. This is gonna get wild woolly before this is over. And you're, and you're recording? Yep. There's the bumper. Oh. Yay! Bumper done. Dictazo! Bumpaga! Bumper.